What's up? It's episode 95, Pain Points of Wealth, and Fed Chairman Jay Powell has ruined everything. Just two weeks ago, before filming this podcast or recording this podcast, Jay Powell came out and basically said that the Fed was going to continue to be hawkish with their monetary policy and markets sold off precipitously. Is this the end? Is the punch bowl going away? Is the economy ruined? Well, we're going to talk about that on our podcast today. We're going to give you our viewpoint, and we're going to talk about really critical questions you need to ask yourself if you're putting together your financial independence plan. We got a great show. Hit the music. Welcome to the Pain Points of Wealth, the podcast that addresses the pain points that come with creating, growing, and sustaining your wealth giving you a multi-generational perspective from three pains in a pod. Bob Payne, the boomer, Chris Payne, the millennial, and Ryan Payne, the generation somewhere in between. Hey guys, you know, you got to love the financial markets, right? You have Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell came out, well, of course, at the beginning of the inflationary spiral and told us it was temporary and transitory and you know nothing to see here. Now he's become very hawkish, but he's been telling us he's very hawkish. So he comes out with an eight-minute speech that says, I really mean it this time. Of course, we may raise rates a half a percent or three quarters of one percent, or we may not, or we're just going to wait and see what happens with the data. You know, it's amazing. You know, we don't know what he's going to say next. You don't know what's going to happen, but it does look like inflation is receding and let's face it, guys, short-term movements, whether in good markets, bad markets, it's unknowable. Why waste your time? Right. It's like the old famous quote, you know, markets in the short term are a voting machine, a long-term or a weighing machine. And that's kind of what it's like, right? It's just like, which way is the wind blowing today? Because really, like the economist strategist, pick the day, they're going to tell you, well, the Fed's probably going to be more hawkish here. Or wait, 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 the Fed's going to be more dovish here. And you just wait a day. If you don't like the, where you think the Fed's going to take monetary policy, just wait a couple hours. It's kind of like the weather in Denver, right? If you don't like it, wait a couple hours. I think it's the same thing right now with every economist and strategist view of what the Fed's going to do. Well, I'll tell you what, guys, that eight-minute speech that Jay Powell gave certainly sent our clients into a tailspin. As a matter of fact, I was talking to a client last week and he said, Chris, is this the time? Are we going to sell out of our portfolio? And I said, of course not. I said, you know, the value of your house went down probably 10 to 15% in the last few months. I said, are you selling that? And of course, the answer is no. Owning a great portfolio is a lot like owning a rental property. With the dividends and interest that it pays, you're going to collect rent until the market goes back up. That's a really good point, Chris. I was just working with a couple of clients because, you know, under our eMoney portal, you can now pull in the value of your real estate, you know, from the Zillow website. So it's updated in real time. And, you know, one of the clients I spoke with has a lot of rental properties that they've bought over the last couple of years. And they said, yeah, darn it. You know, they're at all time record highs and they're down, you know, like 15% in some cases off the highs. I said, oh, yeah, well, why don't you panic out and sell? <laughs> he said, yeah, why would I do that? He said, I'm still collecting my rent. And guess what I'm going to do next year? I'm going to raise my rent. And that's kind of how it works with the stock market. You know, stocks pay dividends. We just had global dividends hit an all time record high, $545 billion. Think about that. We've even increased dividends to the highest level ever and they're going to go up again next year. So you're not going to sell your rental house. And you're going to keep it and increase your rents. Well, we're going to allow you to keep your portfolio because the rents are going up. And last I checked, compounding his dividends and interest is really what accounts for wealth creation for the last couple hundred years. Yeah. And then there lies the inflation hedge, right? If you look at global dividends, they're going up faster than inflation this year. 
And that's what you want, right? If you're thinking about your financial independence, you're thinking about living off your portfolio or your rental income per se, it's the fact that it keeps up with inflation. Because if it keeps increasing over time, as your costs increase over time, then that's the kind of plan you want, right? The, the problem is when your uh, expenses go up, but your income doesn't. And that's why it's kind of like, it's almost like a natural inflation hedge to own real estate, to own stocks, because they raise their prices, like the rents go up and the revenues go up for these companies as they raise their prices. And then you benefit when you're the owner. So it, it is like a very simple, simple concept, right? But a lot of people don't realize that because all you hear about is what's the price of the market today. And, you know, God forbid the price of your house. You could see it every single day, Bob. You talked about this in the past. If you can see the price of your house move every second of the day, you'd be trading your house, you know, like on a weekly basis. Yes, it'd be awesome. But, you know, just like real estate, stocks, bonds, commodities, everything moves, you know, on the gap between sentiment and reality, as you like to say, right? And I'll tell you, sentiment is really bad. You know, there's, it's amazing. I have the financial news on all day. And the same yahoos that were, you know, raging bulls a couple of weeks ago are suddenly raging bears. I mean, it's like they put their finger up in the air and see which way the wind's blowing. More importantly, they watch the tape. The market's down. Oh, you got to get out. You got to be defensive. When do these people ever invest? I don't think they do. I think they make it up, Bob. I'm convinced, you know, if you're watching CNBC and, you know, you, you hear, you're right, all these traders telling you how they got out of that trade or got into that trade always after the fact. Think about that, right? It's never right before. They never tell you ahead of time. They always tell you afterwards. It's like, we always talk about this too. It's like, you know, your friend who goes to the casino and always wins. Clearly, nobody's always winning when they go to a casino. You're not building these, these billion-dollar casinos because people are winning. And I think a lot of it's the same thing. It's like the gambler who tells you about all their wins never tells you about all their losses. Well, it's like that marble doesn't pay for itself. And you know, I, I was talking to a client of mine this past week, and he was talking to me about maybe it's a good idea if we start to put in stops in the portfolio. Well, if that were the case, then he probably would have been stopped out last Friday when the market was down 1,000 points. But you know, the problem with that is kind of like, you know, I like to go out sailing. And I always carry GPS, I carry a life jacket, a first aid kit, flares. You know, it's kind of like it looks so easy when you're on shore, but when the fog rolls in and you don't have any of that stuff, you get lost in the soup. Yeah, see, Chris, that's why I never go sailing with you. You never carry lunch. You always have these things for safety and you're out there starving when you're out there for nine hours, but I digress. But you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, it takes a long time for individuals to learn that, you know, you can't control risk, right? You have to roll with the punches. You know, volatility is unpredictable. It's unknowable. And, you know, I got to tell you, when you start putting stops into your portfolio, it's really easy to sell out. And believe it or not, they're going to take you out of prices you didn't think the market even traded at. But the hard part is, when do you get back in? And my experience has been never. Yeah. And that's the hard part about gaming the market, right? It's almost impossible to do. And Chris, I'm relieved now that you have all these flares on your boat. You have all these lights and life preservers. You're not going to be ended up on Gilligan's Island. So I feel really good about that. But, you know, the other thing we talked about in the last couple of weeks, we've kind of warned about is don't double down on the tech trade, right? You know, you saw a lot of money funnel back into tech, a lot of hedge funds added to their tech positions because they got hit really hard. And a lot of you have been sitting on your tech positions, hoping for it to come back big. Well, we had a big bounce, but now we're getting a big sell off in tech again. And this is exactly what we saw in 2000 when the tech bubble burst is you would get these magnificent rallies. And then tech would go down again and again and again. That was something like they had like three 30% rallies during the tech bubble bursting only for the, the entire tech sector to go down like 80% and the end of it. I mentioned that on one of the other podcasts. You know, you got to be careful about that now too. And a lot of the quote unquote smart money is doing the same thing. They're going back in that tech trade. You want to diversify your money because we know right now there's a lot of other parts of the market that are working. Commodities are up, right? Energy's up. And these could be long tailwinds. So you got to spread that money out. Hey, Chris, it sounds like to me that 
Ryan has just discovered that Kathy Woods, who was supposed to be the new Warren Buffett, turns out she's not. I mean, think of her logic, right? She bought Zoom technologies at $400 a share. It's got to be a great buy at 85, right? Yeah, I loved it at 400. Great at 85. At zero, it's going to be even better. And I don't think it stops going to zero. But right, that's exactly right. It's like, you know, they keep, they double down on these positions and it could be dead money for a very, very long time. You know, we've mentioned this in the past, but the NASDAQ, it took you 15 years to get even on your money after 2000. That's a long time. Meanwhile, international markets did great. Emerging markets did fantastic. Value stocks did great. So it's just so important right now to spread that money out because what's going to happen in the next 10 years is going to be completely unexpected. It's going to look nothing like the last 10 years. Well, you know, guys, there's a big difference between being an optimist and being Pollyannish in your view. Let's face it. Inflation is real. I'm still paying a lot to fill up my tank at the gas tank. Food is still expensive. Restaurants are still ripping me off whenever I go out to dinner. So, you know, let's look at inflation's real. You got to make sure that you have a portfolio that's heads against inflation. You know, yeah, you're right, right? Tech is probably an area that may underperform for some time, but you need to have some in your portfolio. But more importantly, you need to have those inflation hedges, right? Commodities, pipelines, energy. How about this, guys? Bonds that come due. How brilliant a strategy is that to hedge against inflation as rates are rising? Bob, I love your common sense. Having bonds that come due as interest rates go up is a great way to protect yourself against inflation. And that's what it really comes down to right now. It's like, look, you got to be prepared for any scenario right now because no one really knows. Is the Fed going to be more hawkish? Are they going to be more dovish? How much is inflation really going to come down? Is it going to go back to what it was? Is it going to be higher than it was the last 10 years? There's so many variables at play. You've just got to spread your money out, have that proverbial all-weather portfolio, and be prepared for any situation because literally any situation could happen. Yeah, you know what, guys? You know, A lot of people were wondering, why didn't we have a podcast last week? Because we actually went on vacation. We had a great time hanging out with you, Chris, up in Newport. You know, got to see you sail. You got the race in that 100-mile race. How you did it, I'm not really sure. But Chris, what if you went out to the water every day and said, oh, can't sail today. Conditions aren't perfect. Would you ever sail? I mean, would you ever launch the boat? I mean, you got to be prepared for all weather situations. And it's kind of the same way as you said, right? in investing in your portfolio. Hey, hope you're enjoying episode 95, Pain Points of Wealth. Bob, Chris, and I now have a collective 75 years helping individuals just like you with your planning and investing. Everything you hear on this podcast, along with some due diligence of your own, can help you get ahead financially, literally at any stage of your journey. But if you're thinking you want a more hands-on approach, you want to get a full review of what you're doing right now, if you've saved over a million dollars for your financial independence plan, Bob, Chris, and I will run for you our total financial master plan, and we'll do that with no obligation or cost. We'll do a full holistic review. We'll literally go through every investment you own, do a deep dive. In fact, we'll build you your own personalized financial portal to get a bird's eye view of your entire financial picture and hone in on every financial issue you need to address today. What are the fees are you paying? We're going to do a deep dive on every investment in your portfolio. Wall Street loves to sell you products with high fees that are very tax inefficient. We're going to show you how to reduce the cost and make your portfolio as tax efficient as possible. It's not what you make, it's what you take. We're going to give you our full tax playbook. We're going to look at diversification. Have you gotten hit hard here as markets are extremely volatile? Or are you sitting with way too much money in cash? Paralysis by analysis, earning nothing on your money as inflation now is at a 40-year high. We're going to show you how to diversify your money, grow it, but protect it over the rest of your life. And we're going to look at income. For financial independence, you need an income plan. You need to figure out how to take Social Security, how to draw from your portfolio. We're going to put together a full income plan so you don't run out of money over the rest of your life. Literally go to www.paincm.com financial plan to see if you qualify for a free financial review.
right, it's the tipping point. This is where we pinpoint the pain point having the biggest impact on your wealth right now. And we have a very special guest with us today, my colleague, Bob's colleague, financial advisor at Pain Capital Management, Miss Francesca Frankie Lagrateria. Frank, great to have you on the show today. Hello, thank you guys so much for having me. It's always a pleasure, Frank. I know we had technical difficulties last time we did the podcast, so we're trying again. We couldn't salvage the last one. So we're going to obviously make some podcast magic today that you're here again. And you know what? It was the best one ever, guys. You, you've missed out. It's somewhere deep in the archives. It's the lost records. It's the best financial news ever. We definitely revealed the secrets to the universe, but what are you going to do? It's gone forever. <laughs> you know, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought today what we could talk about, you know, at our firm, Pain Capital Management, we're a boutique firm. We manage over a billion dollars and we really focus on customized financial planning. You know, we don't want it to be cookie cuttered. And you know, one of the things that we found is, is there's certain questions that you really want to ask yourself to make sure that you're on track to be what we like call that proverbial financial independence. So I thought we could talk about five critical questions that everyone needs to answer to make sure that they're on their path. And the first one I think you have to ask yourself is, and Frank, you know that you can attest to this with all the financial plans you run, is do people really spend less when they retire? Are you really going to spend less when you retire? And that's such a fun question because every time I update my projections, you know, it, there's the current expenses and then they want to lower their retirement expenses. I won't have to go to work. I won't be doing this. I won't be doing that. I won't need to buy new clothes. So, like I'm doing nothing. And that's just never, ever the case. A great example is, you know, my two favorite clients, they happen to be my parents. They just, you know, both retired. We have a new swing set out back for my nephew. They're redoing their house for the first time in 30 years. They just got the roof done, you know, so it's all these added expenses they didn't have before because now they're both home and they need to have tasks. Well, the beauty of our uh, financial portal is you can actually model these expenses before they actually incur them to make sure that they have the wherewithal to do it, which is the beauty of planning. What I find is some folks, once they get into retirement, they start spending freely on the grandchildren, taking them on safaris, buying them cars, and they don't tell us and they don't redo their plan. And then all of a sudden they're like, Hey, how come I'm running out of money? Yeah, like I had a client the other day that called me up and they said, Chris, hey, I just want to let you know, I know it's not really a big deal, but I'm going to pay for college for all three of my grandchildren. And I said, wait a second, that's $250,000, a kid. I think the resounding answer here is you're going to spend as much, if not more, when you retire. Your expenses do not go down. So that like rule of you're only going to spend 80% in retirement is complete BS. Yeah, I know. It's like every, and I've been doing this a lot longer than everybody else on the podcast, obviously you know, my gray hair toupee. But when you talk to retired clients, when all of my clients are retired, essentially, and they always tell me the same thing. I don't know how I had the time to work when I was working because I'm so busy in retirement. Same thing happens. Where does all the money go unless you run a budget? So it's not something where we want you to scrimp and save and we want you to enjoy your retirement, but you just have to be aware. Because what I'm finding is that we're all living longer. You know, we have great breakthroughs in healthcare. And we're all going to be living a lot longer. I mean, hey, Carrie's uh, on her way out to uh, Illinois right now to see her mom. She just turned 95. You know, Carrie's going to live to 140. It's really incredible. We are living longer, Dad. And, you know, the way I look at your lifestyle, you continue to live larger. And I think that's the case for a lot of our clients. Well, Bob's any, any uh, yeah, the litmus test, we're all in trouble. <laughs> well, wait a minute. It's not my fault. I'm just trying to keep up with my clients. And just so our listeners know, Carrie Kenning works for us. She's worked for over 15 years. She's amazing at Pain Capital Management. So another important question you have to ask yourself is, how am I gonna fill in my income gap when I'm financially independent? You know, how will I draw from my portfolio? And I think that's a question a lot of us never really address. 
Well, that's a big question I get from a lot of my clients, especially ones that are going into retirement, because what I find is that the hardest thing in the world for people to do is they've been saving their entire lives. Now they have to start drawing down on their portfolio. And a lot of times what we do, we make it easy. We send it out every month on the same day, just like a paycheck. Yeah, that's the hard part, I think, for everyone when they're faced with that paycheck no longer being automatically deposited on a bi-weekly or bi-monthly or weekly basis. That's the biggest fear. And you're right, Chris, you know, knowing you have that income coming in, knowing that in most cases, you know, you're not even touching principal. You know, it's kind of like one our smart clients, clients that have worked with us for a long time. We kind of treat them to be trust fund babies, right? You know, the number one rule when you're a trust fund baby. Don't spend the principal. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. You got it. You know, I see it a lot, like kind of like training for a marathon. Like if you ever see those runners, like around like mile 10, they take out that applesauce packet, it looks like, and you know, they keep going. Well, it's like a goo that gives them energy at like mile 10 so they can run to like mile 26, you know, whatever it is. But the big thing is they already had it with them. They already had it prepared before they went out on that run, right? They're not stopping at 7-Eleven and getting a Slurpee and thinking it's the same thing. They've prepared for this. So even though they've been like, you know, training for this marathon, they know that they need that extra boost of energy. They know that they have to have that before they go on the run. And I think that's so important with our clients. You need to know that even if you're in the process of saving, you're in the working stages, you need to know that eventually you're going to need some goo. <laughs> you know, it's going to change. Absolutely right, Frankie. You know, and investing is not about making the most money. It's about achieving your financial goals. And what we find, you know, because we're looking at, you know, 40 prospective new clients a month or week, actually, we review these portfolios and 99.99% of these portfolios, these in investors are taking way more risk than they need. And, you know, it doesn't mean it's a problem. That doesn't feel like it's a problem until you suddenly get a 20% drop in the market and then it gets your attention. So, you know, risk is something that's only recognized in hindsight, right, guys? No, it's true. And of course, right now you're really feeling that. The other thing too is like, you can really tweak this to be in your favor, right? Because if it's like, we can sit there and we can model out what the income on your portfolio can look like. Because the problem is you have a portfolio that doesn't drive a lot of income because you're in that wealth accumulation stage. You're just building, building, building like a lot of the clients we have in their 40s getting to their 50s, but you have to start to transition and start looking at your portfolio, like we talked about in the first segment today, like rental income coming off the portfolio to fill in that income gap. Once you start to know those numbers, you get that clarity. It just takes so much of the stress out of your retirement planning. You know, guys, and it's just not making money, even just creating interest. How about paying the tax man? I mean, every day I turn on the, the news and they're talking about a, a new tax, right? Like we just, we're going to give away 10000 to everybody with uh, student debt and they keep asking, who's paying for this? Well, we know who's paying for it. We are, right? And taxes keep going up. So, you know, hey, look, I'm all for paying our fair share. But, you know, as our good buddy Nick down in Jacksonville always says, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar, but don't give them any of yours. Well, that's a really good point, Dad. And you know what? Ryan mentioned something earlier, and it was kind of like, you know, you are in that wealth accumulation stage when you're in your 40s. So you have, you know, more growth type investments. And then, you know, at some point you have to go to that transition. So I guess the big question I get a lot is, or the thing I think about a lot is, is do people know what they own and how are people's finances organized? You know, where is my money and what kind of investments do I have? And, you know, we see about 40 different portfolios a month. And 90% of the time, the people that we're working with don't have a clue as to what they own, why they own it, and where their money is. Well, that's why we have a proposal team. We have people working on portfolios every day because I've asked that question to thousands of investors. You know, what is this and what's it do? And they say, I don't know, Bob, but the guy who sold it to me said it was good. I mean, <laughs> that's what I hear. I've been hearing that for 45 years. I actually just had a call the other day with a client and, you know, an independent insurance broker that we love to work with, Aaron. 
And she said, hey, you know, I was taking a look at this plan that you had this whole life policy. It's actually a variable life policy. Why did you buy it? What was the purpose? What was your permanent need? And he just, he was like, listen, they, they told me to buy it. I bought it. Yeah. Well, it's like Bob's favorite joke is when you buy an insurance product or an annuity, it's almost like eating Chinese food. It tastes so good going down, but you feel so empty later. I hate that one. I love Chinese food. <laughs> Don't slander for Chinese food. But no, that is the point, right? It's like, yeah, everything gets on Wall Street. We know gets sold, not bought. And you know, the other question you have to ask yourself, and this, this does tie into a lot of these insurance products, is can you generate enough return that it keeps abreast of inflation? And the problem is with a lot of these income for life type products that you hear about and you get pitched when you're trying to build income for your retirement is the problem is when you turn on one of those annuity income streams, it's the same amount of money every single year, yet your expenses are going to double over the next 20 years. That's a problem. That math doesn't work. I'm not great at math, but that, that math doesn't work at all. So I think it's so important that when you're looking at the income you're building on your portfolio, you've got to figure out like, is this inflation hedged? Is this income going to go up? You're absolutely right, Ry. I just spoke to a client of mine down in North Carolina, and she has a large part of her portfolio in tax-free municipal bonds because she's a very wealthy individual and been retired since she was 50. Matter of fact, she's on her way to New Zealand right now with her friends. And you know, before she was a client of ours, someone sold her a couple of annuities. She said, Bob, why did they take my after-tax money, put it into an investment, so when I draw it out now, I got to pay tax again? And I don't know. Why would you do that to somebody? Oh, Frankie knows. Frankie and I have worked on some serious cases where that's the exact case, right, Frank? I mean, when I tell you, and I was you know, homesick, and I would watch those, the daytime TV with that commercial, like, if you have an annuity, I constantly have that song in my head. Because it's so true. You can cash now. <laughs> <laughs> I never knew there was a song. Well, if annuities are so bad, guys, why is there $12 billion a year being sold? That's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> okay. Well, to quote a Bobism, annuities are like heads you lose, tails you lose. Depending on the situation, but for the most part, would say it's probably not appropriate for you. Hey, guys, these are really good planning questions, something that everybody needs to ask themselves, but really what it comes down to, right? The short term is unpredictable. It's unknowable. The only way to invest in this market is to be hedged against every uncertainty, right? You want to have bonds that come due. You want to have some quantities in your portfolio. You want to have, you know, real assets that go up when inflation goes up. But inflation's eventually going to come down and bear markets eventually end. I think we're closer to the end and closer to the beginning of a bull market. So you got to stay invested. As I always say, if you're not long, I know you're wrong. Hey, hope you're enjoying episode 95, Pain Points of Wealth. If you like our podcast, love our podcast, please give us that five-star rating on iTunes. You can subscribe on Spotify. If you're watching this on YouTube, give us a like on this actual episode. You can subscribe to the channel. And if you click that notification bell, you can be updated every week of all our new content. The more you support us and spread the good word, the more content we can produce. Thanks for the support. Hope you're enjoying this episode. Stay tuned for more. All right. It's the hidden facts of finance. Random financial facts that may surprise you or even shock you. All right, Bob. Small investors matter for Tesla. About 46% of shares available for trading are held by non-institutional investors. The comparable number for Alphabet, aka Google, is only 15%. It's like small investors basically drive that stock. Well, that's unfortunate because you know, a lot of small investors don't know how to invest, right? They don't analyze a stock. They buy stories. They don't buy companies. Now, Tesla is a great company, make great cars, but it's selling at 100 times earnings. That means it's going to take 100 years for the stock to be worth what it's worth today, and it doesn't pay a dividend. So you got to pay attention to the fundamentals. Small investors shouldn't be trading individual stocks. They should be in an index. Hey, 
everybody should diversify in indexes because indexes have never gone to zero. Stocks like Tesla or my old company, Merrill Lynch, do. Preach it, Bob. All right, Chris. American Airlines Group is planning to buy up to 20 supersonic jets to speed up air travel. Boom Supersonic is developing the airplane called Overture, which is being designed to carry 65 to 80 passengers. American Airlines said that supersonic flights from Los Angeles to Honolulu would take only three hours or as little as half the time of a standard jet. It's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. And actually, the jet looks awesome. It looks a lot like the Concorde on steroids. But I got to think that you know maybe it's time to start building our client base in Hawaii. I mean, I think if it only took us three hours to get to Hawaii, I think it'd be going every week. I mean, the real question is, Bob, did you ever take the Concorde back in the 80s? No, I missed out on that, right? <laughs> I feel like you really made it in the 80s. If you had a car phone, Bob had that, and you actually flew on the Concorde. So, Bob, you're halfway there. One out of two ain't bad. Yeah, one out of two ain't bad. Frankie, a high-tech portrait of Warren Buffett has already topped 30000 in bidding, the AP reported. It shows a grid of letters over an image of the investor that light up to spell out several of his famous quotes. Proceeds from the eBay auction which will conclude on Buffett's 92nd birthday on Tuesday, will go to one of his favorite charities, Girls Incorporated of Omaha. Yes, I love everything about it. I got a space right here, right here for it. Flaggy flag 25 is my eBay handle. <laughs> I'm putting in my bids. I love everything about this. Yeah, who doesn't need to pay as a, a life-size cutout of the Oracle of Omaha in their living room? It's pretty awesome. I love where the proceeds are going. I love everything about it. Yes. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right, Bob. HBO's House of Dragons, the prequel of Game of Thrones, racked up 10 million viewers on its debut, a record for the network. Demand was so great that thousands of U.S. online viewers experienced crashes. We watched it, Bob. Yeah, we did, Ryan. And it's interesting because whenever in Ocean City or I'm in Naples and I turn on my TV, I'm never sure how many of these streaming services I have, you know, based on when you visit or Allie visits or Chris visits. And I think, Chris, in most cases, we're using your logon. So I wonder, how do these companies actually make any money if we're all sharing the same logons? Maybe I shouldn't say that. Maybe they're going to come after me after this podcast. <laughs> Netflix is listening. We're all going to get cut off now. Thanks, Bob. Bob the Buzzkill. <laughs> Buzzkill Bob. Is that your Game of Thrones name? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Buzzkill Bob, Bobcoin. We have a whole line of Bob products. Where is the merch for this podcast? I sport that t-shirt. Actually, that is a great idea. We need some Bob merch for the podcast. Coming soon. Wait till uh, early 2023, folks. That's how you know you made it when you can push merch. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe for 100. We forget about a cutout of the Oracle of Omaha. We need a Bob cutout with like his famous Bobisms. That would go for at least, I don't know, 100 billion. Well, you know, for one, I am PCM party ambassador. In case you were on the podcast didn't know that, and one of our parties, everyone got a T-shirt with Bob's face on it and one of his Bobisms on the back. I just want to make it official. All proceeds go to Liam's 529 plan. <laughs> on that note, Frankie, great to have you on the podcast today. A lot of fun. Great job, Frankie. Good job, Frank. Hope you enjoyed episode 95, Pain Points of Wealth. Give us that five-star rating on iTunes. Leave us a comment. You can subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe on YouTube if you're watching this. Give us a like on this episode and click that notification bell to be updated of all our new content. That's it for this week. Stay loose and keep an open mind. Thanks for listening to the Pain Points of Wealth. Hopefully you found the ideas discussed in this episode valuable and useful for your own financial journey. You can find out more about Bob, Brian, and Chris's firm, Payne Capital Management, at BeBullish.com or through the contact information found in the description of this episode in your podcast player or app. Join us next week for another episode of The Pain Points of Wealth, brought to you by Payne Capital Management. 
Information provided on today's show is provided for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Thank you.